Hi, my name is Quinn Red Mountain, and I am your moderator today for this episode of We Shall Be Known, the world's most uniquely bold storytelling project. We Shall Be Known is about archiving and sharing the inspiring, amazing, touching, challenging, and personal stories that help paint the picture of who we are by celebrating the differences in beliefs, visions, spirituality, worldview, and cosmology that exist in our diverse world. We at We Shall Be Known respect all lineages, tribes, traditions, beliefs, and the people who carry them. We are committed to archiving and sharing the diversity of belief around who we are, why we are here, and what we are called to remember as our world and cultures continue to change. So thank you for joining me today. Here we go. Hi, my name is Dove, and I feel really privileged to collaborate and become a part of We Shall Be Known. The opportunity to even tell the story that I carry from my lineage, it feels like a privilege. I have so many ancestors that didn't get to tell their story. So the story I feel I carry is the story of second generation Holocaust survivor. Both sides of my family immigrated to America as a result of persecution. And when my family immigrated from Europe, it was in the wake of incredible losses. The loss of relatives, the loss of culture, the loss of heritage, the loss of generational wealth and resources. But my family waited for seven years in China, in Shanghai, for a visa to come to the United States. And it was seen as the place for new beginnings, the place where anything was possible. But growing up, my family and I we were pretty white and as a white cisgender female growing up in the 70s in California, I didn't feel like I had a right to express any type of voice of being an immigrant or the descendant of an immigrant. I felt like those stories were for people that were from other countries besides Europe. And it felt like that I wasn't supposed to feel anything but gratitude as a white immigrant. But my experiences that I believe resulted, there's a cascade effect in all generations of my family. It's not just that there was no aunts and uncles, but even my family members that fought so hard to survive were forever changed. There was a thread, a thread of trauma that transcended the generations since and probably the generations before. By heritage, my family was Jewish, but very far back on both sides. And we were raised in a very non-religious household. So I felt disconnected from whatever lands or cultures my family came from 
but also like there wasn't really one for me to participate in in America. And I think my, the trauma of my grandparents greatly impacted how they raised my parents and thereby their ability to raise my sisters and I. And I realized that part of sharing what is a legacy of hope and healing is really rooted in finding my own story worthy of respect, of my own lineage and my own hardships as not something to hide or be ashamed of, but something that inform and make me who I am. And that helps me also appreciate all the diverse stories of everybody else. Helps me appreciate how much we all come from lineages that carry some seed of pain and loss. And how disenfranchised all of our grief is. What I've come to realize is that this process of gradual separation has occurred that instead of becoming a perfect melting pot where we all make one really great recipe, we've just become these chunks of floating ingredients, trying to figure out where we fit in. And we, we haven't really been taught that it's okay to acknowledge our own loss or grief, so then we can't really feel any compassion for anybody else's. There was a, a moment of kind of realizing that it's not wallowing in the past to just acknowledge all that occurred for you to reach the present moment. And that acknowledging the feelings of loss and grief of your journey help you connect with other people. So I do feel my ancestors' pain and loss. And I feel the losses of my parents, the futures that they were promised would be instantaneous because they were born in America. They didn't manifest in the way that the storybook said either. And I bet their loss of faith and accomplishment and satisfaction, that's their own story, but I'm sure it's been a burden for them. So, okay, I am a second-generation Holocaust survivor who carries a bunch of disenfranchised grief. But it turns out that it's the same disenfranchised grief categories as most other people. So maybe I'm not so alone. I've experienced the loss of faith, the loss of security, the loss of comfort, loss of my appreciation for my own humanity, the feeling even of loss of the right to tell my own story or have the feelings I have. But I realized this last year, trying to pick up the pieces and come out of the pandemic, pretty much everybody's feeling some sense of loss that feels disenfranchised unrecognized, not good enough to be validated or witnessed. But I think all the stories are valid. All the grief is valid. And I think that all that matters in the end is that it's real for the person feeling it.
Before I recorded this, I told my younger sister of what I intended to speak of today. And her feeling was that, that it felt brave to her to talk about all of this. But I'm 50 this year. And I realized that it's taken me 50 years to even see the story. I wish I could go back to my younger self, give her some grace, and explain that this is a really big, long story that spans generations, so it might take a little while to figure it out. It's okay, sugar. It'll all come together in its right timing. So I hope that whoever hears this somewhere, if you feel alone, or like your story isn't valid, or like your pain or loss or grief aren't real because they don't sound like anybody else's story, there's a whole bunch of us out here that know your story's real and we believe you, even if we never hear it. There's a whole bunch of us out here feeling the same things that you're feeling. Everybody just doing the best they can to piece together an identity, a guiding principle for whatever this life experience is. Trying to just keep it all on the rails. But I don't think we should have to all be the same to successfully do that. The diversity of our stories and our backgrounds, all of our differences, they are precisely what makes us so beautiful. They are precisely the concept of the melting pot. We can't keep changing ourselves to fit whatever the social narrative is and washing away all of our culture, all of our histories, all of our narratives, demanding everybody to be the same and fit into such predictable boxes for each other's comfort and identification. We have to find the patience to hear each other's stories, to walk side by side with each other, respecting one another, So the other thread that kind of weaves through all of this is if there's been pain and there's been grief and there's been loss, there's always this undercurrent about forgiveness. That was another thing that's come into different clarity this year. I thought that forgiveness was everybody's job in some way. Like, we get exposed to a set of life experiences and our job is to find the silver lining and find forgiveness. And I'll be honest that I got to a point where I really, I couldn't find forgiveness for a few things. Boy, I wanted to be evolved. Such high vibration that I could just forgive anything and see the beauty of all souls. There was a few that stuck in my craw. And once, somebody much wiser than me said, is it possible that some things are not completely forgivable? And I, I really had to sit with that. 
really had to sit with that. Would it be a failure on my part if I couldn't forgive? Or is it possible that forgiveness is not an absolute concept like I might have convinced myself originally? So I've decided that it's, it's more like forgiveness than everything is okay. That there's a version of forgiveness I can carry forward that says that a whole bunch of bad stuff might have happened to me and my family members. And it might be possible that nobody meant for it to happen. And that it just did. And that a bunch of imperfect humans made a bunch of imperfect decisions. And that I don't have to forgive it to just accept it and keep walking forward. Ah, I've learned now that 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 lessens my burden and my ancestors. I'm not asking my ancestors to help me find forgiveness like a lost Easter egg all the time. Searching, searching, searching. I'm also not burdening myself with trying to find a way to make the story of life be perfect and rosy and okay. That all the perfections and all of my imperfections and all of it can be beautiful and okay is really the only way that everybody gets to lighten their load, at least in my lineage. So I hope all of my ancestors rest in peace. And I hope that one day I can be forgiven all my faults and imperfections and bad decisions I hope that I can find forgiveness for the imperfections and humanity of all of those people around me. I hope we all heal. I just hope that that could be something that becomes really cool for us to all do together. That everybody could heal. And whatever that looks like can be completely unique for each one of us. Okay, I guess for this edition of We Shall Be Known, on behalf of all of my ancestors, on behalf of those who didn't survive the camps, those who didn't survive waiting for visas, those who were never immigrants, and on behalf of all of the children that were born in the wake of such loss and pain. Thanks for listening to our story. Don't have to pity us or accommodate us in any way. Just hearing our stories and being compassionately companions for us in our life journey, it's all we need. Take care.